Hi friends, and welcome back to the Sarcastic Psychic Podcast. I'm Sydney Sherman, your host, and of course the one and the only Sarcastic Psychic. I know it's been a few weeks since my last podcast, but it's summer, and I've been enjoying myself and every bit of it, and I hope you have been as well. Today is the fifth podcast for the Sarcastic Psychic, and I'm excited to say that listenership, (laughs) yes, it's a word, is up on Spotify, and I have a five-star rating, so thank you. Thank you for all of you who have listened and who've rated the show and have shared it with your friends. I couldn't have done it without you, literally. I mean, really, I couldn't have done it without you. So please keep listening. Please keep sharing it. And, uh, yeah, maybe I'll do something nice for you someday. So, anyway, for the last few weeks, I want you to know I haven't been just sitting around doing nothing. It's actually been extremely busy. I'm sure your holidays and and your summer vacations and stuff make you very busy, too. It's no different for me. Uh, July is usually a month of private events. I do more private events than anything else. I do a lot of Zooms or consultations. Um... Phew, uh, Reiki certification classes, um, Reiki sessions, etc. Uh, and there's been a lot of uh, changes that have gone on since we've last talked. First of all, I am now 60 years old. Woo-hoo. On July 21st, I turned 60. I know, right? I'm still not sure how I feel about it yet. I mean, my joints feel the same. My hair is still gray, and so I guess it's okay. I'll let you know if I figure it out. Uh, with my family, we've had a chance to celebrate many birthdays, which was nice. And it is nice to have another birthday and to be able to have one more day to spend, you know, with your loved ones. Also, my first book, You Are Not Alone, is now 10 years old. Can you believe it? So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to do what they call a reprint or a second edition. You know, when it was first published, I signed and dated and then numbered only the first 20 copies. So when I die, in theory, uh, they will be quite valuable again, in theory. Uh, So hope all of you who did receive the first copies held on to them, but if not, you're lost. You know, it's been distributed now worldwide. Very, very proud of it. So I am going to allow for the reprint or the second edition. So what does this mean for you? Well, I'm going to sell the remaining books that I have that are first edition. Each one will be signed, dated, and numbered, and then that's that. So if you're interested, You can always go to my website at sydneyshermanauthor.com, go to the store tab, and purchase it via PayPal. Or you can always email me at sydneyshermanauthor at yahoo.com to get your own copy. And if anybody should be able to make money off me after I die, well, why not you, right? So jump on in the trough there with everybody else and it might work out for you. Who knows? Uh, I also have a few things in the works for the fall. Uh, events that should be bootastic. See what I did there? Uh, but, you know, much more on that later. I've also had a few dozen emails since the last podcast, and I tried to pick out a few to discuss here today. Um, it was hard, though. I mean, because some of them were really, really good. But I think I got some good ones uh, for today's podcast. Uh, please don't worry. And those of you who did email me, most of you know I've gotten back to you in one form or fashion, and I probably will use some of your emails again on another podcast. So I'm not, you know, ignoring anybody. Back off me. But just want to let you know that. So let's get started. Star, and no folks, I'm not kidding. That really is her name. Star is a loyal listener from Santa Cruz. I got to tell you, Star appears from the little conversations that we had and little, you know, back and forth that we had full of energy and extremely smart. 
you know, I learned a lot about her. She's only 24, and she reminds me a lot of, of, of me when I was younger, when I had energy. Uh, she's very interested in science and absolutely a girl after my own heart. She studied the law of energy and how it works, and just had a few questions, but the one I want to share with you is this. So Star says, as energy is constant and forever in motion, can it move outside the physical body and possibly into another realm? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, for those of you who think to yourself, well, that's kind of an odd question. It's really not. It's actually quite brilliant. And tells me a star is really delving into the subject of energy seriously. So I'm going to do my best to try to answer that question. And again, it's going to be a little difficult. But to go into another realm, you know, there is this thought and I do subscribe to it, that, you know, we are particles of energy and that our particles of energy can remain in place or move forward or even backwards. So actually be part of the past, present or future. It's still being studied, just so you know. But, you know, it makes sense to me that if, uh, if we're energy beings and our energy is not necessarily whole, then would it be like part of our energy particles going into what people describe as like a wormhole to another place? So if that's the case, then yes, it's possible. And actually, if you think about it, our energy can and does enter and is manipulated by other sources of energy on a regular basis. We're not whole. We are not whole beings. We are multidimensional beings. And parts and pieces of a whole product so it makes sense that you know that part of our environment is affecting us other energy affects us as we affect it so it does make that theory a little more plausible that can we reach out and possibly go into a different realm so you know I say yes again star thank you for the question um, more on that as I find out from the scientists you know where they're at with that so the next question is from Mary Kay from Orlando. This one's short and sweet. I mean, I promise it's short and sweet. She says, Sydney, I've seen your YouTube video and so thought I'd like to listen to your podcast. What a waste of time. I hope you're a better nurse than a psychic. I've told you friends a long time ago that I always give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, well, Mary Kay, thank you. First of all, thank you for at least taking the time to listen to the YouTube and the podcast. I mean, it does say a lot about you. You tried. You didn't like it, and that's fine. But I appreciate you anyway. As far as it being a waste of time, you know, I could ask you what else were you going to be doing uh, unless Kmart was maybe having a blue light special you didn't want to miss. Um, as far as nursing goes, I am a gifted and talented nurse. I cannot cook, I can't clean, I can't balance a checkbook, but when it comes to anything medical, which comes from my blue aura, I am bomb. I am it. You want somebody to take care of you, I'm the person. And, and I'm very proud of that. So um, thank you, actually, for reminding me how awesome of a nurse I am. And now you have Simon. Simon is from Connecticut, actually from my hometown. And Simon has come to many of my presentations before COVID. Simon says, <laughs> I can't tell you how long I've been waiting to say that. Simon says, Sydney, I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge with people, especially why you do it. My question is, you know, you talk about using your senses, like smell, to connect with a loved one. But for me, I have no scent. I have eczema, so everything I use is fragrance-free. 
How would my loved ones be able to identify me when I'm dead? Oh, great, great question, Simon. And, you know, it's actually a perfect segue to today's topic. But let me try to answer your question directly. There is a possibility that your loved one would not be able to use a scent in your case. But I can tell you that you may not have the scent that you think you do, but you do have a scent. Like, let's just say you love Tootsie Rolls. Somebody might smell Tootsie Rolls when you're around. Or let's just say you ate strawberries all the time, or maybe you like donuts or cherry filled. And when you're around, that's what they smelled. So we can't say we don't have a scent. When we think of scents, we talk about like perfumes and, and soaps and stuff, but you know, a scent can be anything. And we're gonna talk more about that later. So no worries, no worries. So thanks for everyone's questions. And I'm sorry again to those that I did not get a chance to read on the podcast. Uh, they will and have been answered. And again, they'll be put in the end of the podcast. So if you have any questions based on um, anything I've talked about, my podcast for today, any suggestions, any thoughts, please email me at sydneyshermanauthor at yahoo.com. Please remember, if you don't want your name used, make sure I know, because otherwise, guess what? I'm going to use your name. And uh, so that is a great segue into today's topic. How to use your senses to connect with past loved ones. This is absolutely a fun one. I love this one. And to give it all the time and attention it deserves, this is going to be the first podcast in a series of three because I want you to fully understand how it works. And it's a lot of information, guys. So I'm going to break it down from the easiest to the hardest. Easiest being smelling, then feeling, then hearing, and then seeing. Yes, I'm sorry. Not my fault. I can't do anything about it. But hearing and seeing are the hardest. So the one that we want the most takes some time, but it's well worth it. And you must practice. You might be thinking to yourself, wait a minute, Sydney, hold on there, bubbly. If I have all these like sense things, I got a nose, I got eyes, I got ears already. Why haven't I had an experience? Well, you have. I guarantee I haven't even seen you and I know that you have. But it's also because you've never been taught how to use your senses and how they work, the process. And all you have to go on about what you think your loved ones smell like or feel like or sound like or look like is the misinformation on TV and in the movies. So it's not your fault. But going forward after today if you choose not to follow through on these recommendations that i'm going to make it's your loss sorry i mean i'm going to be giving you the scientific way to use what your creator has already given you all you need to do is listen practice and voila it really is that easy so once again let's start with energy so a little refresher we are energy beings with a flawed, time-stamped, candy-coated shell. That's our physical self. This shell dies. It's the facade. It's the carcass that carries our energy. But our energy remains. And remember, you know, this is my biggest pet peeve, and I'm going to repeat it probably every single time I talk to you, that we know we're in school, and we go to school, and we're taught about mechanical energy and chemical energy and kinetic energy and molecular energy and electrical energy, blah, blah, blah. But why not biological energy? or us. It's not only the reason that we're alive, but it's we're alive because of that reason. It's why we remain and we can and do connect with our loved ones, our energy to theirs. So let's start with smell. 
as this is the easiest thing for us to start with, uh, certainly not a problem for them, nothing is hard for them to do, but absolutely easiest for us. But we gotta go over a little biology, clear some house a little bit here and get you on the right path. First thing you need to know is your senses do not work, none of them like you think. But for today, you know, our noses don't smell. They don't. Our noses don't smell like you think they do. Molecules that are in the environment break down, go into our nasal passages, up to the bridge of our nose, where is a little receptor. This sends this information into the brain. The brain goes into the memory banks and says, oh, that's burnt toast. But I want you to think about it for a second. When we're trying to figure out what something smells like, what's causing the odor, what else do we primarily use to identify what that odor is? Vision, your sight. And if your loved ones are presenting to you and you cannot see them yet, how are you supposed to properly identify that sight? You can't. So, you know, we think we know what things smell like. We do, I'm telling you, for decades now, this is what I've heard. But what most people don't realize that is that it's not actually our nose identifying the smell, but it's a combo effect. It's what we can't see in our loved ones, yet we can smell them? No, that's not gonna happen. You have to have the two together. So how do we know we are smelling them? Well, I'm gonna get to that in a minute. First, some fun facts, science, science people. Most people think they can identify everyday items just by scent, like coffee or chocolate or bread or cigarettes, lemon, rose, soil, garlic, just to name a few. You could probably come up with some on your own. Um, and, and in your home, as I'm talking right now, you're probably thinking to yourself, yeah, sure I could, I could identify all that. No, you can't. I'm telling you, you can't. You'll get a few right. You'll get some of them, but you won't get them all. So when Peggy and I do our understanding your senses uh, workshops, which you're more than welcome to take part of at any time. We have them all the time. What we do is we blindfold the participants. And the reason for that is, again, in the beginning, the easiest thing, you're gonna have to grow your skills, is to smell them. But you're not gonna see them. So you got to practice as if you're not having the advantage of seeing them. So we use blindfolds. Eh, you can always just close your eyes if you won't cheat, whichever way it works, but just don't use your eyes. So what we do is we take blindfolds and we put them around people and we ask them if they think that they could be able to identify blindfolded certain particular items like the ones that I just mentioned, common everyday items. And they tell us, oh yes, absolutely. So what do we do? We blindfold them, we put a piece of chocolate under their nose and they say, oh, I know what that is, that's Glade. That's that Glade stuff you do to polish furniture. Okay. They take off the blindfold and they see it's a piece of chocolate that they clearly already said they'd be easily able to identify. And they're pissed. I mean, I'm telling you, they're pissed. You tricked me. Well, no, I didn't. I just tried to show you that in absence of sight, things aren't as clear as, as you think they are. So, you know, we do this over and over again so that people can realize that you can't trust your nose. If you're using your nose only in a scent only to identify that cigarette smoke is dad's or or that smell of um, brute on grandpa is him, you're gonna, go, you're gonna go wrong. So we do this just to show people. And you know, science, scientists at least three decades, decades ago or more, they knew this, this isn't new. They've done studies on this. 
yet we're not taught about in school. This very, very important topic about how we work would help us understand ourselves and the area around us. We're just not taught. So anyway, try this little thing at home. You know, take a friend, you know, make a fun day out of it, put a blindfold on them or tell them to close their eyes and put something under their nose and, and see how many of them they get right and which ones they get wrong. I do have to caution, and I cannot believe I have to say this. Good Lord, I cannot believe I have to say this. In stupid, stupid, stupid thing, but we've had people do it. Please be careful about what you're putting under somebody's nose. Um, we've had people put Ajax and, and things like that under people's noses. Does anybody want to snort Ajax? I mean, you might actually open up your senses, but it, it's not going to be in a good way. Okay, so just, just be smart about it. And again, I cannot believe I even have to say that, but yeah, there's the world today. Anyway, the other thing is your brain can be tricked. It's called matrixing. You may have heard of it on the paranormal shows. Not, it's not a bad thing. Um, but all your senses, your hearing, your seeing, your feeling, everything can be matrixed or tricked. So what is matrixing? Matrixing is when you're laying on your back and you're looking up at the sky and you see a cloud and you say, oh, look, it looks like two puppies fighting. Or you see the face of the Virgin Mary in ice cream. Or that heart-shaped oil stain that you think mom sent you in the driveway. Our brain is required to identify what we are seeing, smelling, feeling, and hearing. It gets it wrong and it can be tricked. Your senses are meant to work in combination with each other. And you know it can be tricked, unfortunately. So let's, let's go back to the blindfolds how it can be tricked. So what we do is we blindfold people and we give them an option. We tell them, look it. Each of you are gonna get a cigarette under your nose. It'll be either fresh out of the pack or it'll be one from grandma's ashtray. You just gotta tell us which it is. Okay. And then what we do is we put a piece of uh, bread under the nose. And every one of them will pick one of the other type of cigarette, smoked or unsmoked. Some of them get so cute too, they'll sit there, I know this is a cool cigarette, I smoked this in high school, I would know this anywhere. And they take off the blindfold and they see that they're smelling bread and they're like, you son of a bitch. And well, okay, you can call me whatever you want and you might be right, but the point is, is that I did not trick you. That was not on purpose. Your brain tricked you. We, unfortunately or fortunately, are subject to what we're told and we believe what we're told, and our brain will believe what we believe we're being told. Um, you know, if you look around, it's what's going on now in society and stuff, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty sad. So, a lot of, basically, people are just believing what they're seeing right away, and, you know, the brain's gonna get it wrong. So, how do you fight against that? How do you fight against the fact that, you know, um, knowing you're, you're certain that your loved one's there if your nose doesn't smell, if you can't see them, and if your brain can be tricked. Well, sunshine, you've come to the right place. Aunt Sydney's here to help. So first what you have to do is you have to be logical. I know that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Logical can be fun. Logical be, could, could be a really fun thing to do, but people don't seem to like to do it. Uh, but you have to validate your experiences. Validate. And I'm going to give you the definition here. Validation is the action of checking or proving the validity or accuracy of something. Kind of scientific-like, right? It's very logical or rational. Not just experiencing something and going with it. 
you know, forget this subject, but like I said before, you know, um, I think there's a lot of people out there right now who should be doing a little more validating of info that they're receiving instead of just going with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I know you do. So how does validation help us in this scenario? Well, we all want to know for sure, right? I'm assuming that's why you listen to my podcast. I mean, it's not that you're bored on a Sunday and you don't have anything else to do. And if that's the case, uh, please get some help. But anyway, there are more fun things to do than to listen to me. But we also want to have a legitimate experience, right? Well, it's the only way to know, folks. I'm sorry. It is the only way to know. There are no shortcuts here. So unless you want to be one of those people that just will go with anything, which I don't think you do, then you're going to have to put the time and effort into it. So let me explain how validation will work and how easy it is, especially for my lazy listeners. And and you know who you are. I know who you are. First, let me give you an example of what most people do. There's two things most people do. So let's just say I'm washing dishes and, and I don't wash dishes. I've seen it done on TV and I watch my husband. He does a great job. So, la da 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 and all of a sudden the smell of mom's genite, boom, right in front of my nose. What do I do? I acknowledge, oh, I just thought I smelled mom's genite. I miss her so much. I always love when she wore that. Oh, well, la da 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 And that's what most people do with everything. You are having experiences. Your body's reacting to it in some way or form, whether you realize it or not. But you, know, you go about your business for whatever reason. That's one type of person. What the other person does is they spell mom Chiante and they get on the phone with sisters and brothers and cousins and grandparents parents and aunts and uncles and everybody and says, Mom was just a minute here, I smelled her Chiante. You don't know that. You, you're just going to go with it. Could be happenstance, you haven't looked into it, you just are going to go with it and that's it. Whether it makes sense, whether it's real or not, you're going to go with it. And um, you know what, that's, that's not good. There was no real evidence that you smelled mom. So neither of those examples is gonna help anybody. But, you know, again, here is a good way to do it. You gotta be rational. You, you want your experiences to be valid. And you have to understand that it could be part of the environment and not from your loved ones. So a rational approach has to be part of the equation. So let's go back to the dishes. Let me show you the way it should be done and you better be doing it going forward. So. La da 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 and here comes the smell of mom's genite. Wow. I thought you saw I smell mom's genite. Oh mom, I hope that's you here with me. But could it be the dishwashing liquid? No. How about the glade plug-in freshener? No. How about my lotion? My deodorant? My hairspray? You know what? The window's open over the sink. Maybe it's coming in from the backyard. You know what? Somebody may spray perfume down the hallway. Let me go check and see. That's being rational. You were looking for another cause, something that may have caused that smell. And you were hoping against all hope that you don't find it, right? And then what happens is you find it, and when you find it, you realize that doesn't smell anything like, my, like mom's genite. Maybe it's kitty litter. And I use that example because that's actually what happened to somebody. They're like, Sydney, how could I have gotten kitty litter confused with mom's you know, OD toilet? And I'm like, because that's what the brain does. You know, you got to let it go. And she's bummed. And you're bummed. And that's good. That's okay. Move on. At least you know you did the right thing and you didn't go like example B, where you're running around amok and telling everybody you, you smell mom when you, when you didn't. Okay? So that's um, the first thing you do. You're rational. 
So let's just say that you can't find where it came from. You did the rational thing. You looked all over. Then you go into the validation. You know, Mom, I thought I just smelled your gene I looked all over to see if I could find where it was coming from, but I can't find it. And I loved when you wore that. Mom, could you get really close to me so I know it's you? Boom. There it is. Oh, thank you, Mom. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I miss you so much. I'm going to stop right there for a second. You should always thank them and acknowledge it when this happens. They don't need to thank you. They could care less. When we do that and we're talking to ourselves, our brain does a very weird thing. Our brain becomes okay with it. Our brain is acknowledging that it's legitimately happening. This experience is happening right now. And that's powerful and it's extremely important. But that's not enough. You can't just say one time. You have to say again, Mom, I just, I just cannot believe I smell your genitalia. Please get close to me again, Mom, so I can smell it again. Boom, there it is. That's still not enough. You've got to take out all happenstance. Mom, can you really get close to me? I am just so overjoyed that I can smell that beautiful genitalia guy. I miss you again so, so much, Mom, and I wish you could see what your granddaughter's doing to me. I really need your help. Please get close to me, Mom. Boom, there's that genitalia again. You know, folks, I don't care if you do it 4, 5, 6, 8, 12, 16, 24 times. I don't care if you do it all the live long day. If you do the rational thing first, and then you have asked them to do something, and they have repeated it each time on command, you've taken out all happenstance. At that point, you stop washing them dishes. There's nothing more important in the world. You go sit down in a chair and start talking to mom. That's how you know you've had a legitimate experience. That's how you know it's not happenstance. That is the only way to do it. It's the only way to do it, folks. There's, there's nothing else you can do. So, you know, it's easy. Did anything I just say here sound, sound hard? Seriously, did anything? Please email me if you think anything I just said was hard, and I'll start slowly repeating like ABCs for you. We'll start at kindergarten level. This is not hard, folks. It's extremely easy. And are you going to really risk finding out if you've had a legitimate experience with your loved one? I don't think you would. So some people do ignore that because they just want to stay. They want to keep with that thought that their loved one's there no matter what. And I understand. Folks, I'm not being mean. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm mean to you, and, and I'm mean to you guys quite a bit, and some people I'm mean to, you know, more often. And I'm even mean to myself. But um, I get it. When somebody's suffering a loss, they want so bad for anything to fit, anything to work, which is how, why mediums and psychics do so well. They take one little thing that is so vague, and you were going to make it fit in your head. I don't care if you have to tell the story 20 different times with bends in the road and you take it right here and come back and circle around. You're going to make it fit because you want so bad. I get it. It doesn't have to be that way. You don't need anybody. You have everybody you need. You have yourself. You've got ears. You've got eyes. You've got nose. You've got everything. Don't be one of those people. Put the time in because it really is that easy. So, you know, again, I want to get back to the fact that people are lazy. But I think that if you put the time in and you see what's going to happen, it kind of is like when you're, it's kind of like this lady, especially ladies, you know, you're losing weight, you're doing everything right, you're exercising, you're cutting your carbs, you're doing all that crap. You stand on the scale, you're losing weight. It gives you the desire and the drive to keep going. 
Well, this is the same way. You have that experience. You know it was legitimate because you validated it over and over again. It makes you want to continue to do it, and you do. And let me tell you something that's really awesome. You're not going to have to continue to validate on a regular basis. Once your brain sees this as normal, once your brain sees this as something that's completely normal and you're going to have it, have it happen, and it does a weird thing. So let's say you could be sitting watching TV and all of a sudden that smell of Gina Tay comes by your nose again. You're not going to have to go through the validation process again. Your brain's going to remember it. It's going to tie it to mom. And it's going to allow you to have more experiences. The brain works on repetition. If you remember correctly in school, we had to repeat A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, over and over and over again. Why? Because that's how our brain learns. Our brain learns by repetition. So if you keep having mom's familiar scent hit that pineal gland in your brain, come into your personal space, your energy, your brain is gonna recognize that as being true and normal, and it's gonna happen for you. But you have to get there first. So, you know, then I'm gonna go back to the comment that was made before about not having a scent. So, you know, as I said before, we all do have a familiar scent. It could be something like Bengay. And I use that because a friend of mine was like, you know, she really wanted to smell her mom who always used this hand lotion that smelled like lilacs. And she's like, I don't know why I can't get her to, I, I just can't smell that perfume, or excuse me, the, the hand lotion. And then all of a sudden one day, she was crying because she was distressed about something, and all of a sudden she smelled Bengay, and she knew right away it was her mom because she forgot. Every night before mom went to bed, she was spread Bengay on her knees. It was another scent, but she had forgotten all about it because all she focused on was that lotion. Because when we think of scents, we think about colognes and perfumes and things like that. A scent is a scent. So it could be Bengay, chicken soup, spaghetti sauce. I just said spaghetti sauce. I don't know where I'm coming from. Bread, pipe tobacco, oil, grease, especially say they may be the mechanic. B.O., Yes, if they were known in life, in their physical form, to have bad body odor, guess what? They can come back with that as well. So how do you know if it's them also, besides the validation, that it's not just the environment? Well, again, you go through the validation. However, there are some things to look for. From them, it's very fresh. The scent is like it's being done right now. Like perfume being sprayed in your face right now. Boof or bread baked right under your nose, or a um, cigarette being lit right underneath your nose. Um, anything like that, anything fresh in the moment. It's not building, it's not something that builds, it's not something that, you know, like somebody sprayed perfume from the other room down the hallway, and you smell it, and you, yeah, I think I'm smelling, I think it's, oh yeah, yeah, it's definitely, no, it's not like that, it's not wafing, it's nothing, it's not fleeting. It's there, it's boom, it's in your face. It's very fresh. But what you also have to watch out for is, as I said before, your, your brain does things in repetition. Your loved ones, one of their most operandi, besides letting you know that they're here, is to um, get your attention. And when they know they've gotten your attention, especially when they know you've gotten your attention, they will do things in repetition also to get you to say, hey, that's weird. Every time I walk up the steps, I get this. Or every time I go in the bathroom, or every time this song comes on, or every time whatever. So watch for things that happen at the same time or in the same place over and over and over again. And when it comes to sense, a lot of times there'll be sense in weird places. Now, years ago, 
I used to do, you know, my presentations, and I'd say, like, the smell of cigarettes in a bathroom. Before I realized a lot of people smoke in their bathroom, and I didn't know that, so whatever. But let's just say maybe bread being baked in a, in, in a bathroom. It's, it's so watch for weird things like that. And again, when you have these things, thank them. Thank them, acknowledge it, and again, they don't care. But it does manifest it in your brain, and it makes your brain say, this is a legitimate experience, this is happening, this is great, this is cool, and this is what we're going to do. So try that. Um, again, guys, it's simple, it's easy, it's pretty quick. So, you know, why wouldn't you try it? I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't try it. And I know some of you are not going to. And that's sad, but all I can do is give you the information. So um, try the blindfold test. As I said, you'd be very, very surprised how that works out for you. And you'll actually show yourself, without having to listen to Aunt Sydney over here, that your nose, as you're going to find out with your ears and your skin and your eyes, don't work like you think they do. So you can't really trust them. Anyway. Um, and the more you have the experiences, and again, the more your brain is going to work. And it's going to remind your pineal gland, the center of the brain, how to respond to sensory things. And it works with your aura. Your aura starts picking up more things. Just remember, like likes like. It's their energy, which is exactly like our energy. So like likes like. So our body will start responding more to things like us. And you'll have more experiences. So once you get good at this, it does become easier. As I said, you're not going to have to sit there and go through the steps all the time. Uh, again, you could be sitting watching TV, and all of a sudden you smell it, and that's cool. So give it a try. So next time we talk, we're going to talk about feelings. Not feelings like in your heart, like how you feel, how your skin feels. And what it is is actually their energy connecting with your energy. They don't have hands. You're going to hear me talk about that. So it's take, they're taking their energy to connect with your energy. It's your energy that's actually feeling them. And it's not what you think. It's just not what you think. So hopefully I'll blow your mind with that. So if you have any questions about today's show, any thoughts about it, any discrepancies, any names you want to call me, whatever, email me, author at yahoo.com. And I'd love to hear from you. Again, please remember, if you're going to have a question for me that I might use in the podcast, let me know if I can use your name or not. And, um, and I really hope you learned a lot uh, from today. This is one of my favorite things to teach because I really think it brings people a long way. We have a lot of people, Peggy and I, over the last 25 years, 35 for me, that are doing very, very well with connecting with their loved ones. It should be everybody on the planet, but, you know, one person at a time. So, again, I hope you learned a little something, and I hope you keep the questions coming. Again, Sydney Sherman Author at Yahoo.com. Please check out my website. Sydney Sherman Author, I'm sorry, Sydney Sherman Author at Yahoo.com is my email. Sydney Sherman Author.com is the website. Um, I got lots of classes coming up. I have Reiki classes coming up if you're interested in taking uh, Reiki 1, Reiki 2, Reiki 3, Master Level, which is also awesome. I also have a lot of aura consultations coming up. As a matter of fact, for the month of September and October only, I am offering Zoom, which is very easy to do, aura consultations, not in person for half off. And I'm doing that for particular reasons, which I'm not going to actually get into right now, but I think everybody has a right to know about their aura, their color, what it means for them, because it does help them better themselves, but it also helps them understand the energy that surrounds them. And um, I think everybody needs a chance and an opportunity to have that. So 
September, October. If you're interested in having one done via Zoom only, not in person, please let me know. Sydney Sherman Author at Yahoo.com. And, you know, until then, stay open, stay aware, stay informed, and stay cool. Ciao, friends.